Hey, everybody, it's Lee. I know we're heading into the offseason, so we wanted to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, one more time. And again, we have a coupon for $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at hockey.sensearena.com. I always like to remind everybody, I've been using this thing for six months, and I'm just blown away, not just from the VR aspect of it and the virtual reality side of things, but the ability to give different perspectives of the game, whether I'm playing as a goaltender, and I got to admit, it is really hard, but it has really given me a perspective from that point of hockey, which has made me a better coach and a better ice hockey player, or the skater modes, which help you work on cognitive skills and other things like heads-up play that you don't normally get to work on in a practice or a game. So I implore you to check it out. It helps us out. It helps them out. Support our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. Get $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Again, that's Hockey Never Stops. That's the code at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Check it out. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. What's up, everybody? It's Lee. Welcome to this kind of joint special edition edition of Our Kids Play Hockey and Win Championship Trades for Life. So for those of you wondering what I'm talking about, I host two podcasts, multiple podcasts. One is uh, for the Our Kids audience. You know, it's a hockey show for hockey parents and coaches. I also host another podcast uh, called Win uh, that focuses on coaches and young athletes with more of a mental fitness uh, uh, attitude to it. Um, and today's topic that I came up with um, absolutely fits on both channels. So I want to do this little bit of a hybrid episode. <clears throat> uh, and again, you can check out either episode, ourkidsplayhockey.com for the grid audience and grit. You can check us out at pivotalmomentsmedia.com if you're interested in either of those other podcasts. If you listen to this show, whichever show you listen to, you're going to love the other one. So check that out. Um, I wanted to come on here today. <clears throat> uh, all of my co-hosts are on assignment. <laughs> so I wanted to do a quick, uh, quick episode about some things I noticed last night as the Stanley Cup final came to an end from the coaching staff. Um, and I think these are important things that should be noted and documented and talked about um, because it's a significant change uh, from what I've seen um, in the past, uh, you know, 40 years from coaching. And I specifically want to focus on uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning coach, John Cooper, and the Colorado Avalanche coach, uh, Jared Bednar. Um, what I noticed, and this is actually throughout, not even just the finals, but these two, two men coaching, um, is the amount of empathy, understanding, and gratitude that they show at almost all times. Um, you know, it's funny because in the past when I was a kid, that would be like, oh, they're soft. Well, these guys now have three Stanley Cups between them in, in three years <laughs> um, and four cup final appearances. So they obviously know what they're doing. Um, and they're, the other common thread between the two of them is <clears throat> they kind of made a decision later in life uh, or later in their professional life, I should say, that, hey, I want to be an NHL coach. And then they pursued it. Um, and I needed to comment on a few things about them and then some, some kind of tactics or takeaways that I take from it that I wanted to share with you um, about why coaching is changing uh, in both uh, an emotional front and then a tactical front. And then why I think that's important, because athletes are constantly changing. And, and I hear this all the time from, from coaches and parents, but that's not the way I was taught. You got to throw away that thought process. Kids today are different than we were when we were kids. And kids in the future will be different than kids today. It's not fair to put on any generation or any youth you know, age group of, well, that's not the way I did it. The most dangerous phrase in the English language is this is the way we've always done it. Everything evolves. Athletes have evolved. 
Uh, one of the things we talk about with, uh, you know, millennials and Gen Z, I say millennials because the oldest millennials are 40 now. Like a lot of people don't realize millennials aren't so young anymore, right? Um, but millennials and Gen Z uh, have always had this tab of being soft. And look, in a lot of ways, um, you know, they, they grew up, we grew up, I'm, a, I'm an older millennial. We grew up in one of the best time periods of this country's history. If you're born in 1980 to really about 2001, I mean, we had things going on, but it wasn't much. Um, you know, we've all heard that saying that that hard times create um, uh, hard people and then hard people create good times, good times create weak people, which is not super fair, but that's the generational pendulum and it swings, right? So I think these two coaches, getting back to the point, have a pulse on today's athlete. And that's that's basically 30 down, okay? Um, that empathy that they show should not be overlooked. They understand that they have to connect with these athletes as people, number one, um, and then as athletes. That was opposite for about 100 years. At, at some points in professional sports history, players are looked at as cattle. And you don't have to go that far back. I mean, there's owners that have said that. These players are cattle and I'll do what I want with them. Um, go back 50 years and hear that, right? So this uh, uh, idea of understanding them as people and inspire them as people, somewhat new, all right, but the best coaches in sports, not just in hockey, are doing this. So I wrote down these three tactics, takeaways, that I wanted to share with you, of just kind of reflecting on this season. Um, and uh, I'll tell you, the way it was born was last night, I, I saw, obviously, uh, Jordan, uh, Jared, sorry, Jared Bednar interviewed after the Cup, so humble, right? But like most coaches, it's about the guys, it was a great team, you know, I wanted to do this, what an amazing run. Great speech. John Cooper, though, after losing the Cup, which is probably the most devastating thing that's ever happened to him professional. All right. The wherewithal, the clairvoyance to say, wow, I'm reflecting that we've just won and been to three cups in a row. Um, this group was so great. They tried so hard, you know, and I, he always says I'm in the best league in the world and I've got the best situation in the world. It's the, the amount of gratitude there after that loss uh, to just say that, you know, how grateful he is to be in that position. I think there's something to be learned there. All right. And in my professional experience, even my youth experience, <clears throat> I've always tried to bring in now gratitude to any situation, win, lose or draw. Right. I'm on a bench coaching young men and women to play the greatest sport in the world, in my opinion. You can't lose sight of that. Can't let the emotions take over. So that was one comment. So here's the three things. Number one, uh, coaches. This is true of coaches and players. Be a student. Stay up to date. Um, I said it before. The most dangerous phrase in the English language is this is the way we've always done it. Coaches can settle. Coaches can think, oh, I've won a couple of times. I know what I'm doing. It's very dangerous. You can't coach that way. You have to continually build, continually learn. If you stop doing that, you will get stagnant. You will get out of touch probably quicker than you think. So be a student. How do you do that? One, read, 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 read. Okay, there's no shortage of articles. There's no shortage of books now for you to improve upon the knowledge that you already have. If you don't like to read, watch. Uh, I've said it to young athletes and coaches, the greatest asset that we have now that we didn't have, YouTube. Incredible. Unlimited access to unlimited information. Um, watch, learn, search for topics. There's masterclasses out there. There's coaching masterclasses out there. Um, take courses. Speaking of masterclasses, the next note I have here. Uh, every summer, Every off season, because I shouldn't just limit this to hockey, I'm looking for ways to expand my current knowledge of the game. I do this in season too, but it's very hard. Okay, in season you're busy, you got a lot of things going on. You got to 
maybe find fixes to specific problems. And the off season obviously takes some time off, but I look for those, those masterclasses, those books I can read, the, the ways I can expand my thought process and apply new ways to, uh, or new methods to expand my coaching ability and my, my understanding of the game and the people that I coach, right? It's not always just about tactics. Um, uh, courses do not always have to be specific to sport. Just like we tell athletes, you should play multiple sports. You can read about multiple things. If you don't have a high emotional quotient, if you think you need to learn about how the mind works, read about that, right? If you think you need to know more about organization or anything, there's, there's no shortage of that. And that kind of brings me to my next uh, tip is you gotta, you have to know your gaps, right? Every, every young coach, every young coach thinks they know how to do everything or they go, I've got a grip on everything. And none of us do. Uh, in fact, the more you coach, the more you realize, oh, wow, I'm really good at this aspect of coaching. I'm really good at tactics. I'm really good at team building. I'm really good at power play, goalie, whatever. Um, you got to know what you're great at and then really know your gaps and you got to fill in those gaps, right? Um, so again, tactically, I've always said this. I know hockey tactics, okay? But I am not the best tactician on the planet. I don't claim to be. When I coach, I look for someone who really, really knows tactics and I try and learn from them whether I'm the head coach or the assistant coach. Um, next one, emotional. This is one where I find a lot of coaches are lacking, right? Um, either A, they don't think the emotional or, or, or EQ side of the game is important enough to study, uh, or they're not in a position where they, they even are comfortable diving into that because it might start diving into themselves. It's an insanely, insanely important part of the game right now to understand your players, to understand the people. If that's not your jam, and it's okay if it's not, bring in someone whose jam it is or find an assistant coach that can connect to the players. All right. If you're afraid that assistant coach is going to stab you in the back, you're not doing this right. <laughs> this is supposed to be uh, uh, trust, trust-based and uh, uh, you know, working together based, right. Which is tough in youth sports. I understand that, but uh, it's one of those things, find someone that can help you and then help your players. If you're, if you're a monotone, bring in someone that can really speak to your players. I think it's really important. Uh, I've been in that position many times where I'm the one brought in to speak to the players, complete trust with the head coach or the coaching staff. And it really works out, but it, it's, to me, it's a third of the puzzle being tactics, talent, team bond, right? If you don't have that, you're not going to win. Um, last one, communication. Um, we talk about this on both shows all the time. All right. Uh, you have to be able to communicate very effectively to everyone involved, your assistant coaches, uh, your players, your parents. Um, I, I say this all the time, 10 out of 10 problems, 10 out of 10, not nine out of 10. I'm not a dentist, 10 out of 10 caused by poor communication. All right. Misread texts. Uh, did, didn't say something, what you didn't say, what you did say hurt someone. You didn't know it. If you don't communicate, you have an issue. All right. And communication is not always uh, beautiful and lovely. And I just want to tell you, you're doing great. Communication can be heated at times, but you got to communicate. Communication can be, you're not working hard enough and I need you to work harder. What do I need to do to help you work harder? Or what am I doing that you're not working harder? Tough conversations, uh, but you got to communicate. To not communicate is to fail. It's actually guaranteed. You will not win if you do not communicate effectively. If you are not a great communicator, I implore you to try and find things to become better at it, but bring someone in that can help you do that. It's another important one. Um, the last tip I have here, and again, review it. Be a student, stay up to date, know your gaps. The third one, remember that you are a teacher if you are a coach. You are, all right? Um, <clears throat> probably get a lot of nods. Oh, yeah, I know. Remember what it means to be a teacher. You are a teacher to your players. You are a teacher to your parents, and you are a teacher to yourself. 
Okay. Uh, you have to be satisfying all three of those in youth sports, I should say, even collegiate sports at some levels now with the parents. I've, I've, I've heard uh, division one championship coaches say, I work with parents now. It's they're more involved in the kid's life than I am. I need to be able to talk to them too. And, uh, and she was absolutely right. Dawn Staley uh, told us that at a keynote when I was at the Philadelphia coaches conference, she has a monthly zoom call with parents, um, which I was blown away by. I didn't think college coaches did that, but she was right. She goes, I can teach them all I want. If I go back to the parents, they're going to teach them something different. So you got to, you got to communicate and be teachers to your parents. Um, I think that's very important. I think it's very important. We have all seen horrific parents. <laughs> We've all seen horrific parents that just don't get it. Um, and you're not going to get through to everybody, but I find that when you have good communication with parents, explain, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. This is why emotions are important. This is why tactics are important. This is why we're doing this system. Um, you don't have to justify it beyond a certain point, but that's important. Uh, players, same thing, communicate. If the players turned off and they're not doing well, instead of just saying, oh, they're off, do what you got to do to see if they can find their way back or assign that to an assistant coach or a captain uh, to hit that emotional quotient level, right? And again, um, going back to John Cooper and Jared Bednar, it's obvious that they really care about the people in their locker room, right? And the players say that too. Uh, again, look, John Cooper just went to three cups in a row. You don't do that unless you know what you're doing, right? In fact, it's never been done before in the, in the cap era. So, you know, he's trailblazing in a lot of ways, right? Um, and then on top of it, you know, it was funny. He said last night when they, when they lost it, the last loss they had in the playoffs was against Columbus Blue Jackets uh, four seasons ago in the first round when they got swept and they, and they won the president's trophy that year. So he's got something figured out here. Um, and, and this goes back to step one. I, I'm very curious. I'm always curious. Be curious, not judgmental. It's from Ted Lasso. Um, it's not a Ted Lasso quote, but it's from the show. Uh, I'm always curious when I see coaches like that, both of them, very gracious, very clearly show empathy. Take notes for these are the best two coaches in the world right now. Best two in the world. It's easy to just kind of, because there's a stigma surrounding mental health, mental fitness. It's easy to just go, ah, okay, because they're being nice. No, they're, they're going way deeper than that. Both of them said, our group is so tight knit. Our group believes in each other. They are a bonded team. They will die for each other. Both teams said that, both of them. Does your team have that level? That's very easy to dismiss this too. Well, those are professional hockey teams. These are professional athletes. You can build this in Mike teams, eight-year-olds. I told you, um, or I've mentioned before in the show, I did team building with my eight U team all year. They were better at it than some adults. This is something that's clearly lacking in sports from youth up to pro, uh, team building, understanding athletes, working together to form a team. Uh, and there's massive gaps across the world with this, not just, not just hockey. Uh, so my, my kind of parting waves here is um, understandable how I know how busy a season is. I know how tough it is. I, I do. I've done it for many, many years. Um, and I, and I, I'm trying to empathize with those of you listening that are coaches. I really get it. It behooves all of us to spend the time to look at coaches like John Cooper and Jared Bednar and to say, wow, they really understand how to show empathy and find empathy and then find ways to, uh, inject that into our coaching philosophies and our coaching days and how we run teams. Cause at the end of the day, this is true all the way up to pro you're, you're really molding people. And I think more than ever right now than ever leaving sports behind for a moment, we need leaders. We need people that know how to work together and how to disagree and, and still move forward together. That's, that's the main thing for me when I coach it doesn't have to be shared by everybody listening. 
But I, I always have that in my head. If we make great people, we will make great teams. Great teams will inevitably win, however you define the word. All right. But I, I don't believe that winning without that is really worth much. I don't think it happens that often, to be honest with you. But, you know, look, if you stack a team, you don't really care. And you just put an all-star team out there against kids who aren't as good. Yeah, you can win a trophy. What are we, what are you doing? What are you winning? Again, I don't think that's most of you, by the way. <laughs> this is maybe some, some, some uh, stuff from my youth coming out. But um, I just implore all of you to do that. Find ways to bring it in. If it makes you uncomfortable, this is the other one. If some of this stuff makes you uncomfortable. Or you're saying, I don't know how to do that. Like, you know, the discomfort in learning it. Embrace that. Embrace the unknown. That's the best part of this, right? If you know how to do it, find someone who does. And like I said, there's unbelievable amounts of resources for you to find people. If you need them, reach out to me. Reach out to me. Email us. Team at ourkidsplayhockey.com or uh, media.com. You can reach out. To, I'll send you whatever you need. If you're, if you're curious about uh, uh, empathy, emotions, or people you want to listen to to learn about this, I will share all of that. That's the whole purpose of these shows, as this is a joint episode is to share information and to have conversations. You know, I think one of the, the I heard a great, great quote the other day. Uh, and the quote was, the age of information is over. We're drowning in information. We're yearning for wisdom. We're searching for wisdom. And you can find that when you look within. I want to be a steward of sharing that wisdom, not even just for me. We have to start having conversations that are conducive to that. Uh, or you'll just drown in information. Right. So it's not being hypocritical to what I said. It's the sharing of this information, the my my, my wanting to help anybody. Right. Like if we do that together, we're going to make, make amazing things. And I think John Cooper and Jared Bednar do that uh, with their teams. I think they do it with each other um, and other coaches. We always say the NHL is a copycat league. I'm going to copycat that I'm going to double, triple down on what I believe in about team bonding and, and team building. So again, as always, uh, I'm from the Northeast. So if I came across a little condescending, I apologize. It's never my intention, uh, but I really believe in this stuff. Um, and if you're listening to this, uh, you probably do too, right? Uh, we always say the people who don't listen to our show probably aren't interested in this stuff, but um, I'm, I'm so proud to be part of uh, the coaching community and obviously the, the sports community. Uh, and I, I can't thank you all enough for, for your attention and, and listening to us every week, again, regardless of the show. Um, we really love what we do, whether it's Christy Casciano, Burns, and Mike Benelli on Our Kids Play Hockey, uh, or J.B. Spizo over at uh, Win Championship Trades for Life. Um, I'm so thankful every time I get to come on the mic uh, by myself or with them. Uh, we always say you are who you hang out with, right? Now, I get to hang out with some pretty amazing people on a weekly basis. So. Uh, once again, thank you all for listening. Just reiterating the three tips. Be a student. Stay up to date. Know your gaps in your coaching and fill them. And then remember that you are a teacher. Uh, be, and again, the three notes on those two coaches. Empathy, understanding, and gratitude. Uh, you, can't, you can't get enough of that into your coaching philosophy. And again, th those words do not mean, this is the pushback, they don't mean you've got to be soft. It doesn't mean you got to be light. All right. It's it, that's not how those words work. It just means empathy. Put yourself in someone's position. How can you get maximum performance out of them? Understanding. Do they need to be pushed more right now or do they need to speak to someone right now? If that's not me, should it be an assistant coach, a captain? Right. And then gratitude. Uh, we should be so thankful every single day, especially with the world's just been through. If you are coaching a sport and you have the opportunity to mold young minds and your own. Be grateful. And I, I know you are, but be grateful. Don't ever lose sight of that. It will keep you balanced. I have never seen a losing Stanley Cup coach 
as gracious as John Cooper was last night. I was totally inspired by his post-game comments and, and how he handled that. Um, I idolized that, and I hope to aspire to that moving forward. So anyway, that's it. I'm Lee Elias. Thank you for listening again. If you want more Our Kids episode, ourkidsplayhockey.com. Uh, if you want more win episodes, check out pivotalmomentsmedia.com. Uh, again, thank you for both audiences and this special edition joint episode with me, Lee. That sounds really stupid. You guys have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. See you next time. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure to like and subscribe right now if you found value wherever you're listening, whether it's a podcast network, a social media network, or our website, ourkidsplayhockey.com. Also, make sure to check out our children's book, When Hockey Stops, at whenhockeystops.com. It's a book that helps children deal with adversity in the game and in life. We're very proud of it. But thanks so much for listening to this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey, and we'll see you on the next episode.